everybody, and welcome to the Projection List Podcast. Uh, tonight, we're going to be talking about The Hateful Eight. This is Jordan. This is, <laughs> this is Chad. This is the ghost of Max. I'm dead. This is Ryan. And uh, again, we're going to be talking about Hateful Eight, starring Samuel L. Jackson, Kurt Russell, Jennifer Jason Lee, uh, Walton Gorgans, and Tim Roth, dire- uh, Michael Madsen, and directed by Quentin Tarantino. Who is that guy? Uh, Walton Gorgans? <laughs> Goggins? G-O-G-G-I. Goggins, yeah. yeah. Close enough, close Goggins. enough. I actually, I, I'll be honest, I didn't know his name, but yeah, this is funny. Um, so this is the questions where I have questions for it. So <laughs> Go for it. Yeah, we'll talk about it. Okay. Um, Is this going to be an interesting podcast? (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Was anybody hyped, super hyped, when the trailer first came out and was excited to see this? Yeah. Yeah, I was excited, yeah. I I mean, mean, it didn't do anything for me, really. My levels (laughs) stayed the same before and after. I should explain that, like, I'm a a Tarantino fan, like a legit fan, but a lot of the things he's done lately, like, lately being since the 90s, have, like, really frustrated me. So I'm always excited to see a Tarantino movie for like the stuff he does really well, but like the stuff he doesn't do well, it just it really pisses me off. He's so. stealing my review because this is exactly what I said. <laughs> Leaving the theater. What, what, no, no, well, I don't exactly well, what I said. We're, we're word gonna for we're word. gonna be different here because I don't feel that way about this movie. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah fair point. You did say. I, that. I felt that way about Django Unchained, certainly, and Inglorious Bastards, but not so much this movie. Yeah, which. Uh... Yeah, um, I wasn't hyped, and I guess to spoil some of my opinions early is I am no longer a fan. Oh, wow. I have no interest to see any of his other works anymore in the future. Wow, it's that I, bad. Wow. I have heard it's going to be uh, Kill, Pussycat, Kill, Kill is what I've heard. I have not heard that. Uh, it's on IMDb, yet. and the actresses are Lindsay Lohan, Britney Spears, and somebody else. Wow. That doesn't sound real, but I will believe you. It's uh, 100% real. It's on IMDb? Yeah. Um, it's, a, it's, it's a movie in the 70s. It was one of those exploitation 70s Yeah, no, it's just a, yeah, so it's just a remake? Yeah. yeah, it's a remake of it. And for the longest time, it was supposed to be Britney Spears, Jenner, uh, yeah, what's-her-face, uh, Lindsay Lohan. Um, uh, here, 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 for example, Lindsay Lohan, Kim Kardashian, Britney Spears, Brandy Gerard, and Cam- Car- Carmen Electra are considered to play the three leads. I think I'd rather just kill myself. And it was from a, it will be an adaptation of a 1965 film. Wait, where is this? No, at? thanks. Where are you getting IMDb. The, From his, IMDb? Yeah, on his page. Oh my God. You go down to the trivia. I yeah. really hope this doesn't happen. Well, Why is Kim Kardashian I mean, in quotations? Like, it sounds like something. I think that's because uh, they didn't hyperlink her name. Oh, oh yeah. okay. Um, but that sounds like something he he would do. Yeah, it sounds like something but he would do. I, I don't think it's actually something anyone would do. I mean, I mean, I liked Spring Breakers, so it might be a similar thing. But I don't. We'll see. This is a question, and uh, since we're talking about Tarantino, so I'll give you my statement, and then I'll give you guys the question. Well, actually, give you the question first, and give you my statement first on it was uh, when did you guys first get introduced to Tarantino? And for me, it was uh, 2003 with Kill Bill. I'd never seen a Tarantino film before then. Uh, I was starting to really get into film at that point. Uh, What, junior year in high school, I think? I was just really getting into it. That's all I could think about. And I think you guys have heard this story a thousand times before, but me and a bunch of friends went to go see Texas Chainsaw Massacre, and the cops wouldn't let us in. Because we weren't 17. Gotcha. So we were like, well, what's this Kill Bill? We just snuck right in there and 
I would argue it's a little bit more violent than Texas Chainsaw Massacre. So that's what got me into it. And then I went immediately online and found out his filmography and saying everything else. But my question for you guys now is, when did you guys first heard or the first film of his that you guys have seen? I, I think the first one I saw was Pulp Fiction. See, I saw Pulp Fiction and Reservoir Dogs and Jackie Brown and Kill Bill Volume One, like all around the same time. My dad showed them to me when I was when I was pretty young. Um, because I the first film of Tarantino's I saw in theaters was Kill Bill Volume Two. Okay. Um, okay. because I had liked Volume One at the time. I was I think uh what like thirteen when Kill Bill Volume One came out. So, yeah, I mean I think the first one I watched was Pulp Fiction though technically. Okay. Um, I, yeah, I think I was, I was probably a junior or a senior in high school, so 2003, 2004, somewhere yeah. around there. Um, yeah, I had, I had a rental card from a uh, movie gallery, yeah. and I had made a giant list of movies to hammer through, and, uh, Pulp Fiction was my first one, I think. And then, I think from there, Reservoir Dogs, and I didn't see Jackie Brown until quite a while later. Mm-hmm. Panda? Uh, Kill Bill was, uh, the first one. I actually watched, um... Part of Kill Bill Volume Two before I watched the actual the whole movie, but it was at um, my uncle's house when I was gotcha. almost fifteen, I think, roughly around fifteen. Okay. He used to he used to uh, rent the the DVDs and then he would copy them. Oh, oh, okay. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, because he 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 didn't he didn't feel cable was worth paying for, so he got the software on his computer so he could copy the DVDs before they had the whole anti-piracy thing. It was on. like DVD shrink or something. Something like like DVD yeah. med or something like that. I had that when I was in college. Like that's how we we would take them from Netflix when Netflix was four ninety nine one DVD at a time when it first came out. I was yeah. a freshman in college I, in 05. I used to do that. Yeah, and you same DVD thing. shrink it. Yeah. Um. Okay. So this is kind of a bad question, but. I, like I said, I kind of spoiled my opinion of this movie a little bit. Um, so I'm sorry for the question, but I think it's legitimate. Knowing the history of this movie, and I don't know if you guys have known the history, but if you don't, I'll gladly tell you. Um, does this movie scream Tarantino douchebaggery to you? Artistic douchebaggery, full of himself. It doesn't I, scream it, but I there, are quint- points, there are there, parts in yeah. it where it gets overwhelming. I mean, I think every movie he yeah. does screams douchebaggery to an extent. See, I was actually really afraid that I was going to be alone in this opinion, which is that like there are parts of this movie that make me want to punch him like in the face. Yeah. Because like, there are parts of this movie that are really fucking... Well, there, there's one there, part in particular, and we agree. The narration The narration. Part. Yeah. That, that could have all been done through visuals. There's like two yeah, bits from yeah, narration because, because there's no need for the who he just talking. The, well, in the uh, in the in the seventy in the roadshow version, that starts right after the the fifteen like twenty minute intermission. So it's like a like a recap thing. Okay. But in the, he could have cut it in the the two hour and thirty six minute version. Yeah, yeah he think could so. have. Because, but it's yeah. like this is like his his whole when he was in Django, with his Australian accent. Like yeah. he he had to put himself in there. Yeah. That was him talking. Yeah, that yeah. was him talking. Okay, yeah. I was wondering who this was. I mean, guys, we're going to talk about this movie because there's a lot of stuff I want to talk about, but I'm just getting into my questions and go through it there. I really do think that this screams, I'm Quentin Tarantino, fuck you. Totally. Like, that's really totally. what it seems like. <laughs> and knowing the history of it, of this guy has been screwed so many times in the production of this movie. Evidently, he wrote the screenplay and somebody leaked it online. And he was like, screw it, I'm not going to make it a movie now, I'm going to read a novel of it or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then he said, okay, I'm going to make the movie, then he changed the ending, and then his movie, that's how I saw this, I'm sorry, but uh, 
This movie and The Revenant got released the week of Christmas illegally DVD screener online, and he lost a ton of money on that. And then I think he got pissed off because there was a theater in California that he always oh, premieres his movies yeah, at. Cinerama. And I, I, he, he wanted to premiere Hateful Eight there, and they're like, uh, no, Star Wars, bro. And he's like, <laughs> I'm Tarantino. Yeah, Disney is fucking me over again. Arr, All the man. money I made for them in the 90s. Um, I always talk <laughs> I always talk about my wife when we watch these movies, because her and I do. She, uh, Gina, I have never seen Gina do this. Gina was sleeping with her eyes open, and I'm not <laughs> lying. <laughs> While watching it? Oh, yeah, because cause we're excited, because my favorite Tarantino films have been Inglorious Bastards, and actually my favorite is Django. I just think that's great of his. I just really, really like it. And maybe it's because I think Leonardo DiCaprio is the best he ever has been in that movie. I don't think he's that great in The Revenant compared to that. Whoa. But that's my opinion. We save that for the Oscars. Episode. We'll save yeah, that for the Oscars. Yeah, no, because fuck you. I just, think that's, I just think that the character that he played was so brilliant because he had to go there. He had to go there and say the lines that he had to do. And just, to me, that's a little bit more harsh on the psyche than getting... Per- being, getting pretended to get mauled by a bear, but that's well, yeah. Me. But th- I mean, uh, there was a lot of other physical things. I mean, that yeah. I don't think that's what makes his performance on the Revenant. We're, we'll say we'll this talk later. about that. We'll yeah, but yeah. yeah. So I know I just I'm talking a lot, but I'm just trying to say that I just this is this is my uh, this is my end of Tarantino chapter. I am done. Mm-hmm. Um, I just really don't see any need for this movie at all. Well, like I, I was so excited. Mm-hmm. See, like I was, I was actually like furious with him after Django Unchained because I think that movie, like the first two hours of that movie, I think are absolutely fantastic. I thought it was his best movie since Jackie Brown, and but then the last half hour of that movie where he was, I just imagine him sitting there like he's about to end the script and he's like, oh wait, I forgot to have a stupid cameo and I forgot to do a torture scene and I forgot to do all this bullshit and then he just throws it all in at the end. See, okay. Like, this film has that bullshit. It has that egotistical bullshit. But I think it's fairly restrained compared to all the other stuff he's made since Jackie Brown. Max, I'm going to interrupt you and disagree with you. This movie doesn't have that. This movie has nothing. For two hours and 40 minutes, it is a stage play of boringness. And then you get some sort of, oh, what's oh this is interesting when Samuel L. Jackson tells his backstory about the guy's son or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then it gets even ridiculous later on after that. I think I think another thing that, that kind of makes it uh, not work for me is that there's a lot of redundancy in it. Oh, yeah. They keep saying the same shit over and over again. And there's like a point where it's just like I've heard this already. Just move on. Go to the next. Go to the next fucking piece. Yeah, no. Like there's one point where he's like he's in the stagecoach. Kurt Russell and Sam Jackson are in the stagecoach, and they're talking about like Sam Jackson's like, why don't you just kill him? And and Kurt Russell's like, you know, nobody said it should be easy. And then Sam Jackson says it shouldn't be that hard. And then I swear, I swear, Kurt Russell has the exact same conversation with uh, with the with the hangman. With yeah. uh, what's his fucking name? Tim Roth. Tim Roth. Tim Roth. Yeah. I agree yeah. with both of you guys because I'm not going to steal his opinion. So I'm just going to tell you what he said. My brother saw this too, and I said, "What do you think?" And he said exactly what you said, though, Chad. He was like, "The some of the things were great, but he said the one that pissed him off the most, which I I, I agree with him on. He said, close the door scene, where the first time is like nail the door shut. Oh, it's I actually like, love oh, that. Okay, that's funny, but after the fourth or fifth time, it's like. Okay, let's move on. Let's move on. This is not really? progressing I, that story. Well, I thought that was really funny. Yeah, that's okay because that's just a that's a recurring joke. I I, I guess I see. I think it is funny every time, 
but I do agree that like by the fifth time they don't have to hold on it. Yeah. <laughs> which is what they which is what he does. He kind of holds on it, which I think it's funny, but at the same time like by the fifth time I was just like, "Okay, you've na- you've you they're nailing it on. You don't have to stay there. You can move to the other yeah, action. No, you don't need to stick on this action." Like it's yeah. it, it's yeah. I can I can agree with the that. The joke's landed. Move on. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, um, well the, the Sorry, thing, please. the thing that I don't, I, I don't, I didn't much care for when they're setting everything up is how everyone knows everyone. That I don't buy that at all. Like, yeah. they, like they know, you know who um, uh, Kurt Russell is, the Hangman. You know who uh, he knows who Marquise Warren is, the guy he just happens to stumble upon. They know who Chris Mannix is, the guy he just happened to stumble upon. Yeah, yeah. And and it's just ridiculous. And here's it's something. All happens, and he knows he yeah. knows who the the colonel is in yeah. the, at the at the haberdashery. What what I don't understand is is when Tim Roth when they're all coming in and Tim Roth is like, I heard you've got a Lincoln letter. Like, how did he hear that? Who told him that? Well, well, because it is isn't Sam isn't Sam Jackson and Kurt Russell both like. Well, I know Kurt Russell's a hangman, but aren't they They're both like hunters. really known bounty hunters? So when it, when is Sam Jackson? I mean, I mean, wouldn't Kurt Russell having a Lincoln letter be famous with, with these group of men knowing? Maybe, possibly, but I don't think it, I don't think it's strong enough. Okay. All right. Okay. Of an argument. I think this is a great question. Okay. One of the things I love about Tarantino films is that you think something's going to happen, and then the complete 180 happens, mm-hmm. right? Okay. Like, shot Marvin in the face as an example. Oh, yeah. Okay? I knew who was good and who was bad, quote-unquote, the, uh, the moment the ten little Indians, so to speak, was all in the room. Michael Madsen screamed greasy and slimy. I knew he was bad. Tim Roth, I didn't believe him at all. You Like, I, I don't know Channing Tatum was there until the scene came in, right. but, like, I could... When I watched the movie for the first time, I was like, okay, he's going to be good, he's going to be bad, he's going to be good, he's going to be bad. And it all turned out to be true. Do you guys like that same thing that I like where you don't know what's going to happen in a Terror Team movie? In this one, there's no surprise. There's no love in this one. Do you guys You guys feel, when you watched it, oh, this person's bad, this person's good. Did you guys feel that at all? Did you guys um, you I did, what I'm saying? I got that, I got that feeling from... Um, Michael Madsen, Damian Bashir, but I, I was on the fence about Tim Roth. I felt he could go either way, but okay. I do, I do like it's. I mean, you do go in that you don't. You, I don't find joy in a movie if you can watch it and pinpoint what's going to happen. I know, right? It, 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 it gets boring. The only time you're sitting there going, all right, I know this is going to happen. Oh, that happened. Okay, I know this is going to happen. That happened. Yeah. I mean, I did find it kind of odd that I actually really like the scene between um, Damien Bursher and, and Sam Jackson in the stable where he's kind of like accusing him without saying. Who's the, who's the, which That's one? Mexican. Pete Mexican. the Mexican. The guy with the beard. Uh, Bob. Yeah. Oh, Bob, Bob the Mexican. Bob, yeah. right? Okay, thank yeah. you. Thank I, you. I like that scene in the stable where Sam Jackson's kind of like implying that he killed them but not coming out and saying it. But at the same time, I think that happened way too early in the movie that you're like suspecting him like right from the beginning that seemed kind of odd to me well it makes sense though in the story because we find out that the woman that owned the place hate uh, hated mexicans right oh yeah, yeah. no it makes sense no. i just wish they'd kind of held off on that scene a little bit oh okay i get you what you're saying it's it's too early yeah because i started that. suspecting bob right away yeah. and from there i was just like okay who's bob working with yeah and i mean the most likely one was obviously michael mads and like you i didn't see tim roth coming really like i was but, on the fence i didn't i mean i was on the fence feeling he could go either way Mm-hmm. But yeah, I didn't automatically assume. Was it was it the accent? Is it you don't like you don't trust no, you don't no, trust uh, British people. It was just <laughs> it was just Michael Madsen. Okay, as soon as we because I was talking ex- about Tim Roth here. Oh, uh, talking about Tim Roth. Yeah, uh, Michael Tim- Madsen doesn't have a British accent. No, okay. Uh, Tim Roth. 
I didn't believe for a fact he. Well, I'm sorry. The other guy was the sheriff. Tim Roth was going to be what? The again? hangman. Hangman. The hangman. Tim Roth was going to be the hangman. Okay, yeah. and then Kurt Russell's Bonnie Hunter was Samuel Jackson. Um, I didn't believe Tim Roth. I don't know why. I just didn't believe him. Maybe because he fooled me already in Reservoir Dogs. Yeah. So maybe he was going to fool me again. I was like, eh, I don't know about you. Because you're pretending to be a bad guy, but you're actually good. So is Tarantino going to be that clever and role reverse you? Uh, Michael Madsen, as soon as I saw him, I was like, okay, be something good and nothing. Which then leads into my next question. The poisoning scene. Why did Kurt Russell have to die so soon? What do you guys feel about that? that made no well, sense. Well, I mean, it lets you know because at that point, him, like at that point, him and Sam Jackson are competing for who's the main character, and it really comes down to that. Marquise Warren's the main character, but at that point, when you're thinking like he's, he, you know, he's the good guy, he's the one, you know, and then he just dies all of a sudden. That you know, that leads you to believe that you know all bets are off, no whole card, yeah. all that well, cliche bullshit. I mean, just to go back to your last question. Sure, I'm sorry. It, it is. No, no, no. Not, not. Uh, it is something unsuspected, which is what you said you wanted. Yeah. So him dying is un- unexpected. Yeah. I mean, that's why I liked it, just because I, I, I really didn't think he was going to die that quickly, and it just kind of came out of nowhere. Like, I mean, I, I love Kurt Russell, and I wish he had been in the movie longer, but it, it was, like, kind of a like, shocking moment for me. Yeah. Especially the, uh, the gratuitous nature of the death. Which is yeah. why I don't like it. Yeah. No. Yeah. yeah. Because uh, it, it was, It was look, a little over the top. But, but then again, though... See, see, because there again, I am contradicting myself because I loved the Gorn effects in Kill Bill, but that's what Tarantino was paying a love letter to, though. I think the problem with the gore, the, the, my problem with the gore in this is that the movie is set up as a, a kind of a more traditional Western. Yeah. And then suddenly it just turns into, like, gore fest. Yeah. yeah. Like, At a point it just becomes incredibly... And that's mm-hmm. okay, but, like... It like re- it revels in yeah. the gore, yeah. which is like okay if you're if you set that movie up, but like for it to suddenly change like that, it feels out of place. It feels uneven. Yeah, well, like in, yeah, like in Kill Bill, it like fits with the genre. Like the gore goes hand in hand with the genre because they're fighting each other with swords and shit. It's like over the top violence. In this, I'm just gonna say this, and you guys can let me know if you agree. I think this film overall feels less like a traditional western than Django Unchained and Inglorious Bastards. This movie's not even yeah, a western. Yeah. I mean, well, this movie's is, nothing. It, it is until a point. Like, I think like the first before the, before you get to like the the yeah. Kurt Russell death and the narration. I think that he like to me it felt like he was trying to do a more traditional western, but just setting it in this Tarantino world. Well, room. like in this like. Uh, there's a lot of allusions to uh, the thing, the the other. The, the yeah, I would John like Carpenter to talk about that. Movie. If you guys picked up on those thing connections too. Well, or uh, uh, Tarantino said that I'm to be during the trivia that he was saying that he like one of his influences was mm-hmm. the thing. Yeah, and he used um, cues that Morricone wrote for the thing, like unused cues. Because yeah. while I was watching the film, I thought it was all in my head, but no, it was apparently something no. he planned. But which, uh, the thing is a better movie than this. Oh fuck yeah! <laughs> but but as I was saying, like. It feels it feels like a traditional western set in that kind of uh, in that kind of world and t- what the fuck was I even talking about the violence the violence the nature of the yeah. violence and then the and then it just suddenly devolves into this 
Gorefest, which I've already said. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I swear to God, before Max cut me off, I had a point. <laughs> I'm this, sorry. I wanted to talk about the bitch. thing. Nobody gives a shit about the thing. I give Go a ahead. shit about the thing. Sorry, Ryan. And the, the thing about the, the violence in this one is that you go into a Tarantino movie expecting some level of gratuitous violence. Of course. Like, Kill Bill, it, it, it has over-the-top violence, but again, there's a point to it. Um, Inglorious Bastard, Django, they're, they're very violent yeah. in, in certain stages. But this, it when it does get violent, it gets way too over the top it, it does to a completely unnecessary level it completely takes you out of the film because i think this movie would be wonderful as a stage play instead of a movie mm-hmm. I, I i that's what i think it needs to be um and there's clearly evidence there for it however though i didn't know what i was getting because when i first saw this in the first hour of nothing because what kurt russell gets sick what two hours in i would say probably yeah um, yeah so like so like so the first two hours i'm saying Wow, he's completely doing something completely different. There's all there is is a bunch of racist slurs and f bombs. Okay, that's the usual, but there's no gore in this. I wasn't yeah. expecting any gore. I yeah, was no, expecting fist fights or something, but not gore. I'll be honest, I was actually like in love with it until the fucking until the la- the latter parts of the movie. Really? Until the, yeah, no, I thought it was like well, I'm other other well other than like. There, the it takes forever to actually get going. They keep repeating a lot of stuff. Like I felt like it had problems, but I liked it a lot. And then when it turned into every Tarantino trope possible, you know, him throwing himself into the movie, him doing unnecessary gratuitous violence, I kind of like I was just turned off by it. And I actually left the theater like furious well, because. I loved so much of it, and then it just, like, turned on me. Yeah, and see, that's exactly the way I felt after Django Unchained, actually. Well, you know, see, I'm different because I am reversed from you. Um, because the reason why I liked everything from... I hated the Sam Jackson backstory, which that's my next question. But everything after that, the the Channing, the Channing, 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 whatever story. Channing Tatum. Uh, from that until the credits, I enjoyed because something was happening. Now, I'm a big fan of 70s films, so I understand slow things, taxi driver, whatever. I get it. But this is just way too slow. Like, just, it, th- th- there is nothing but repeating, repeating, repeating. Character development. Character development is great, but it's like there's nothing happening. To, to keep me intrigued, this is not a play. This well, is a film. The, uh, I'm sorry. The the thing that, that, that I that the first two hours or so is building upon is who's going who's going who's gonna who's gonna backstab him? Yeah. Who's gonna kill him? Who's yeah. who's who's the rat? You know, and that to like this the way that they slowly build it, the way that it, the movie just takes its time and chugs along at a slow pace, kind of makes it great for me. Because the entire time you're just like, God damn it, just tell me. Tell me who's the rat. I want to know who the rat is. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just making you wait for it. It's making you wait for it because when, when the reveal comes, it's going to be all that more satisfying. It's it's like a great scare in a good horror movie. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's not about the scare. It's about the build. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree I with that for the most part. I just wish they'd got into the haberdashery a little faster. Like, yeah. I think the opening stuff... In um, the coach is actually like way too slow. Yes. Yes. Like as soon as they get to the haberdashery, I'm like interested in it. But before that point, I, I was kind of I was I was I was kind of bored. Okay. What? I wasn't. Well, yeah, I wasn't let down by the beginning, 
But because you're saying it's too slow, I thought it, he does a he the the characters are interesting. They're the, I found them all interesting aside from Daisy Domergue. I found them all interesting. You didn't like her? No, I don't think there's much to her. Who I is mean, she? She's she's the the one woman in the movie. Jennifer Jason Leigh. Well, there's other. Oh, oh Jennifer Jason Leigh. Okay. Daisy Domergue. Okay. And she like well she doesn't do much. She sits there for the most part and then and at gets the beat end, the hell up. And then she's and then at the end she gets like her monologue where she's talking to Chris Mannix. That's about it. Yeah, no, it's not a particularly deep character. I'd have thought she was kind of fun. And how she goes out is pretty yeah. bad in my opinion. Yeah, when they yeah, I like that too. But anyways, <laughs> yeah. That's why I don't mind that whole build up cuz the characters are interesting and it, it wasn't necessary. It wasn't boring for me. Okay. No, I just I just felt bored with it. I I mean it doesn't mean to rehash it again. What I just said. This is my opinion about it. I was, just, I was just bored to death, and that's when I saw Gina sleep with her eyes open. It freaked <laughs> me out. I was like, Gina. She's staring at the screen, mouth <laughs> open. Anyway, um, what do you guys think of Channing Tatum in this and his whole story? I mean, it's just funny to see Channing Tatum, this once stripper gone. Step up movies now. Uh, Hollywood A list celebrity in a Quentin Tarantino movie. What do you guys think of Channing Tatum in this? I actually really liked this part in the movie. Um, I I just I just really liked his uh like the the way he played it that like smoothness he gave it. You know, um, I I think it was a really good idea that Tarantino put his name like prominently right up in the credits because it would have been stupid if he'd gone to the end of the movie and been like surprise it's Channing Tatum that would have been distracting. But I think letting you know he's in there kind of prepared you for it a bit. I do think his his accent was a little inconsistent now and then, maybe. But overall, I enjoyed the performance personally. Anybody else have an opinion? I mean, I didn't I didn't think much of it. I mean, I thought he was serviceable. Um, I thought I thought the way he went out was kind of over the top. But again, it didn't. I mean, it, I don't think it had to be Channing Tatum if that's what you're asking. No, it's it's just I just find it funny knowing this guy's backstory. Cause I was, just I mean, because it's Channing Tatum. It's just because it's Channing Tatum. Ever since uh, uh, Foxcatcher last yeah. year, the yeah. whole view of him has changed. I think if I, I, yeah, I if I think if I hadn't seen Foxcatcher, it would have been really distracting to me. Yeah. Because I would have just known him as a comedian and the Step Up guy, and I would have been like, "Why is this fucking guy here?" <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. I, I thought he was okay in the part. Um, I wasn't too fond of that part, but I can't determine whether. It was because I was just checked out at that point, or whether I actually genuinely disliked that part. Because by that point, I was checked out and very angry that they had taken what I thought was a really great build and like failed. And you saw it in the theaters too, so that was even worse. I bet you couldn't get up and storm away. (laughs) I actually like I was I was debating like just like fucking fucking please fucking end or I'm gonna walk out. Like near the, like right near the end, because I was just like, this is just fucking bullshit now. Now, we're going to be respectful and politically correct, but I think this is a question that we do need to talk about. Yeah. Yes. And this is my last question. Well, my second to last question. His usage of... Samuel L. Jackson's speech and backstory with the guy's son. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Okay. What speech oh, are you guys talking about? I thought we were talking about racial slurs. There's racial slurs everywhere because of what he says. To, we can get to that later because yeah. that, that, that encompasses like almost every Quentin Tarantino movie. Yeah, because yeah. okay, so... But yeah, let's talk about well, that scene. I, I want to talk about because that's yeah. what I thought you guys were talking about because that is the most... I'm not an offensive... I'm not easily to be offended. I think everybody knows that. That was offensive. That was ridiculous. Stripping a guy naked. I'm like, okay, he's going to strip him naked until he freezes to death, blah, blah, blah. 
Tarantino went too far. Well, Do you guys agree? It was another one of those fucking Tarantino tropes where, like, there has to be somebody who is tortured in a, a weirdly sexual way, like the Gimp in uh, fucking Pulp Fiction or Django in fucking Django. Like, like, because it gets to the, like, like you said, it gets to the point where it should end in Django, and then. Oh, wait, nope. I have to do the weird sexual torture scene where I see Jamie Foxx's member. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, it's just, like, no, but, like, I, I, I'm i okay with him torture. It's just, it, it does. It goes too far. It goes way yeah. fucking past what it should. I'm okay with the torture. I just think that Tarantino went too far with some of the words that he used in it. Uh, I'm not saying that it is offensive to talk like that to somebody. However, though, I feel for... A Christmas weekend movie, holiday end movie, whatever it was released, right? Quentin Tarantino mass publicized. This is in your movie? Plus, plus, like, I feel like at the end there, when he keeps referring to it as his Johnson, it kind of, like, slips into comedy, which is the wrong fucking tone. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? Like, it, because he, I mean, what he's trying to do is, is tell this story that's going to affect you know um the older guy the, the chair older, uh, i can't think the of the general isn't he a general the general or is he a general is he's something he's from general. the civil war yeah. from the south but he's right? yeah he's trying to he's trying to tell the story that's yeah. going to affect him that's going to make him pick up the gun right and that's and, the thing. and then it just turns into like like it's it's so over the top that it becomes like comical yeah and not like even in a good way no no it was it wasn't good in my opinion i mean i okay i i like simultaneously loved that scene and had and had some issues with it i i had it i loved it in the moment like i had issues with it when i thought about it later like i mean first of all i don't think samuel jackson's character actually made the guy suck his dick in real life no i don't think so i think he was just saying what he needed to say to get him to kill him and he's like reading him the whole time and he's like okay i have to go farther but i mean that doesn't really change how offensive it might be to someone like, for me, okay, the reason I liked it is because Sam Jackson's performance in Pulp Fiction, right, he gets to do these incredible monologues. I mean, essentially, the, the Ezekiel 2517 monologue is probably why he got nominated for an Oscar. So I was super excited in this movie to get to see Sam Jackson deliver Tarantino monologues again, because he didn't get to do it in Jackie Brown and Django Unchained. Not to the same extent. So while it was happening, I was like, yeah, you know, he, he wrote him another monologue. This is awesome. And then he does it again later. But in retrospect, have you guys seen True Romance? Yeah, I, I own it. No. Mm -hmm. uh, okay, well, Jordan will know what I'm talking about. There's this one of my favorite scenes in film history is the scene in True Romance between Christopher Walken and Dennis Hopper. You know, where, like, Dennis Hopper is trying to get Christopher Walken to kill him. The Sicilian story. Yeah. yeah. And, and to me, this is just, like, a lesser rewrite of that scene. Yeah, this is this is not as powerful. I, I mean, but yeah. I, I'm I'm sorry. Um, what are you guys talking about? That was really offensive. Because that's I'm, okay. I'm sorry. Uh, the amount of times that in this movie, and in Django, and in his other movies, he uses the N word. I guess I never really paid attention that like, much in this movie. It's in uh, Django. I I know it's okay. Like it's a. I mean, it's a period piece. So obviously. You know that word is going to be thrown around, yeah. but he does it to a degree uh -huh. that it's over the fucking top. Yeah, I and mean, he doesn't he doesn't know when to fucking stop. In yeah. order to give it historical context, you just need to use it like once. You need to use it a couple times. Use it a couple times. 
You know, it, it, it is it's so it's so excessive, just over and over and over and over. And he does it in Pulp Fiction too. Yeah, like he himself delivers the that. Pulp Fiction is a movie where that's not historical context, where he just feels like using that word. So clearly, he has some kind of weird attachment to that word. Like he likes using it. Is it possibly because Quentin Tarantino considers him himself an honorary black man? Yes. I feel is. like that's possible, especially after seeing. I don't know if you've ever seen the interview where he talks. I guess what can only what, be what, what, what the interview with Seth Rogen. No, 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 no. For no, no. Django Unchained, he went uh, there. There's actually, if you watch two interviews, there's some. There's, I don't know if it's uh, this is real. Yeah, yeah, yes. no, this is real. Um, I don't, I don't remember if it was the same video or if they were right next to each other. There's an interview he gives about Django with like the BBC or something, and he's talking, you know, like like he normally talks, like yeah. he, he's like you know he moves his arms a lot and stuff, and like how he normally talks. Uh, but then he goes on BET for like one of their music shows, okay. and like he's like, "Yeah, brother," and like you know, kind of shaking his head and bobbing and shit, and like. Is it because Samuel Jackson is his friend? No, I mean, could, I mean, he's it, got, I mean, he's got a lot of black friends. So in I mean, this interview, like, he's just, just, yeah, he's like talking like a black guy from like a, an exploitation movie, and like then they'll ask Jamie Foxx a question, and he'll just be like, "Well, you know, the shooting was." I was like, I swear, there are times during the interview where like you can see just so much embarrassment on Jamie Foxx's. Yeah, face. Yeah, no, like they yeah. keep cutting back to Jamie Foxx, and Jamie Foxx just kind of like sitting there, like, "Please stop asking him fucking questions because he's embarrassing right now." Well, here's the thing. I don't know what the rest of of a people think because according to IMDb, this has eight point one overall. Because it's a Tarantino movie. Yeah, yeah. I think this guy has gone too far, and what I mean by that, and that's my last question with it, is that do you guys think he's gone too far? And what I mean by that is multiple things with it, not just with being offensive, but that means like creative control a hundred percent. It does suck when the studios are involved. But studios are involved sometimes for a reason. Yeah. Yeah. Case in point, with, with Dan O'Bannon's script of Alien. This script sucks, but hey, this chestburster scene's cool. We're yeah. going to keep that and change everything. Yeah. Um, I just feel that Tarantino and in, 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 in Hollywood can't do anything wrong for some reason. Yeah. He's going to say what he wants to say. He wants to do what he wants to do. He's the modern Eminem when Eminem first came out in 99 <laughs> when he was saying everything you know, that to That's us. That's not it. Because <laughs> Eminem thinks he's black, too. Yeah, well, true. <laughs> But it's okay. Okay, so that's my yeah. question: Is has Tarantino gone too far with the racial slurs? With clearly doing whatever he wants to do, I'm Tarantino. Fuck you, attitude. Well, right. Like I think when Pulp Fiction came out, everybody thought it was like a masterpiece, and he was like this great new visionary director. And then when Jackie Brown came out, you know, people were just like, "Yeah, it's good," you know. But it wasn't like the work of this genius. That people were expecting. So I think ever since Jackie Brown, he's been like, okay, I have to be as impressive as possible. I have to like get up in people's faces with my genius. And and since the genius with quotation marks, and since Kill Bill, he's just become more and more and more excessive. Like like he just gives in to to his impulses just more and more and more. And I think he's doing it so that he can essentially just shove his artistry in the faces of the audience to be like, yeah, I'm great, right? And everybody seems to like him. Yeah, they do. They, it works because yeah, people are like, yeah, this guy's bold. You know, it doesn't work for me. I prefer it when he's a little more subdued, like in Jackie Brown and Reservoir Dogs. But what can you do? What do you, uh, Chad and uh, Ryan? What do you guys feel? I mean, do you guys feel that he's just gone too far? I think he's. I think he's gone up his own asshole quite a bit in the past couple movies. Like, like again. Really? Yeah. Like, On Glories and Django? No, no. I, I said last couple. That's two. Oh, oh, um, sorry, sorry, sorry. Um, 
Inglorious Bastards, I think is I think is great. Like it has its moments of of him, as Max says, throwing himself up, you know, in the face of the audience. And, and Django, again, is is really good up until Christoph Waltz dies, and then it's not. And then I I, I and then the, I don't like this movie. I, this movie um, it has good dialogue, which he's known for, but it's like he's all like almost every time there's like a long monologue, like at the end of it, the character like is like, yeah, that was good, wasn't it? <laughs> Like yeah. yeah, that's good. So yeah, no, it's like he's crawled up his own ass. Where he's like, he's like, he he took a lot of yoga classes and he's managed to flight himself. Okay, <laughs> all right. Like, Chad, you have Chad? Um, can you top that statement? I don't. No. I mean, I don't think I can top that statement. Obviously, no. Um, yeah. Well, I've. I mean, I've had this problem with Tarantino for quite a while, which is, which is kind of my biggest fuck. Like my biggest problem with him and 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 why like i have many times been rather aggressive in my in my hatred for him because his all of this this praise that's being tossed his way is created this monster that we that we now have to fucking watch the movies of you know like this this is what we've done we've created this fucking person all we got is two more we, what's that all we got is two more that's true. He's retiring after ten. This is yeah, insane. that's Bullshit. what he, he said. Continue though. Jay Z retired twice. Yeah. Well, like, uh, like, yeah, like that's my bigger fuck. I think he's an immensely talented filmmaker, and that when he reigns in his bullshit, he makes really good movies. And as I said, I loved the first like two hours of this movie. I loved most of Django, from what I saw from it, because. I watched it while Max and Ryan were talking, um, <laughs> well, and I loved movie again, and I loved know? most of Inglorious Bastards too. Uh, he's a talented fucking guy. He's like great. He just like his ego has gotten so big that he can't he can't smell his own bullshit. So his ego is bigger than mine. It's fucking vastly bigger. Yes. Oh wow! Look at yeah. that. Finally, somebody in this world. No, but yeah, no, like he, yeah, he's yeah, he's. It's, yeah, no, it's, it's like it's, at it's the end, it's like it's like at the end of Inglorious Bastards. That's like one of the like I at the time when I watched it, I thought it was you know really cool oh. and stuff. And then as I watched the movie over and over again, I get to get to that point. And I'm like, come on, really? What's where, the end? Where like so they carve the swastika yeah. in Christoph Waltz's forehead, and then it's a shot of him and no, Udovic, staring and into he goes, the camera. he goes, I, yeah, staring at the camera, and he goes, <laughs> I think this might just be my masterpiece, Udovic. Yeah, then it just cuts, cuts the directed, directed by, by Quentin Tarantino. Yeah, like that. I I when I watched it in theaters, like I was still like super jazzed from the movie so i was like yeah fucking awesome yeah and then as i watched it again on home video because uh, i've seen that movie four times now and I, like now as it gets to that point i'm like fuck really you, you yeah. had to yeah. do that actually when i saw inglorious bastards like i had the reaction that chad had to this movie like when i left that movie i was angry because you know because that's the final thing that happens and when that happened i was just like fuck you like yeah. seriously, I mean, there are a lot of things I have problems with in that movie, but we're not reviewing that movie. But. All right, so we're getting to our ratings, right? Um, who wants to go? Uh, Ryan, you want to go first? Okay. What's your overall review of uh, Hateful Eight? Um, I would not recommend this movie. Um, I think that that has okay, it has interesting characters, but it doesn't go anywhere. There, I I I could not find a point to it, like what he was trying to do. And I mean, I read that he, um, when he was a kid, he watched a bunch of the Western TV shows and there's always, he said there's always an episode, a bottle episode, uh, where they have all these characters meet in a room and all it is just backstory. That's what he was trying to do, which is what this movie is. But if you're gonna 
make a movie out of it. It, it. I don't feel it works like that. That can work. Like especially if you're trying to make this mainstream thing that everyone that's supposed to appeal to a bunch of people, and it just doesn't work. But the characters, for the most part, are interesting. The ending is over the top, um, and yeah, that's, okay. that's I don't. I, I don't recommend this movie. Max, what is your review of the Hateful Eight? Well, I. Uh, I, I think I'm the only one who who really liked it here, which is kind of surprising to me. I didn't think I would be, but okay. I acknowledge that this film has has a ton of problems. It does. It's like it's really excessive, and 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 repetitive. It's it's way too long. I mean, um, and I also don't get. We didn't talk about this during the review, but I don't get why he would shoot a movie that takes place in one room on an ultra wide lens, other than just to be a smartass. But. Yeah. Uh, what I what I did like about the movie, okay, I mean number one the performances. I think this is probably my favorite ensemble cast of the year, either this or Spotlight. Just you know Sam Jackson and Kurt Russell and and Walton Goggins and Jennifer Jason Lee and Bruce Dern. I think they're all excellent in this movie. And I think probably the reason I liked it was that I just had so much fun watching them act together. And and I think the dialogue is repetitive, but it's really good. And I think it gives them all an opportunity to kind of show what they have, except for Damien Bursher, who says like ten words in the whole movie. And the thing is, okay, about that about. about about Damien Bashir. Mm-hmm. Um, again, like, okay, so everyone gets mad, like, oh, he, he uses the N-word too much in his movie. I thought that the, the accent he uses for oh, Damien yeah. Bashir was incredibly yeah, super, offensive. Super, yeah. And, like, I've not heard a single thing about that, and that blows my mind. No, it's strange. It's stereo- his, his accent's stereotypical Mexican. Yeah. Yeah, and I don't. He sound. You know, I don't understand why that wasn't a bigger thing. So basically, like all I'm saying is the movie has a ton of problems. I acknowledge that. Overall, though, I really enjoyed it. I had a lot of fun watching it, and I think it is my favorite movie of his since Jackie Brown. Where would you Where would you rank it in in his movies? In his movies, um, well, I mean, Jackie Brown is my favorite, um, and then I'd probably say Pulp Fiction, and then I'd probably say Reservoir Dogs. And then I'd probably say this, just in terms of favorites alone, it'd be my number four. Okay. Chad, what's your review of the Hateful Eight? Um, I I might recommend it. I might recommend the first two hours, <laughs> honestly. No, because I think that the first two hours are really fucking great. Like I really, really loved that part. I was I was all excited about this. West, I mean, Western shot on 70 millimeter, which is fucking stupid. Uh, it set inside of a tiny room. Um, I was all excited about it, and then it just, as I've said a million times tonight, I, it devolved into a splatter fest that didn't make a whole lot of sense. Um, but yeah, I, I was furious when I first saw it. Like, I was genuinely angry because, like, I, like, because I left the theater and Max was like, what did you guys think about it? And both Danielle and I were like immediately like, I fucking hate him so much. Yeah, and I, I liked it, so I was just like sitting in the back of the car, like just being like, just like not saying anything and just like listening to them. Yeah. But yeah, no, like I, I watch the first two hours and then fucking read the plot synopsis from there. It doesn't go anywhere after that, but the first two hours are worthwhile. Sure. No, I, I mean, um, I. I'm with I'm with Panda majority of people here. I'm sorry, Max. I, I, I don't I don't recommend this one. Please don't watch it. I don't think I need to say anything else because you guys have said anything that needed to be said. So I don't want to sound repetitive. But seriously, don't watch it. I I don't recommend it. 
Where would you guys rank it in his, uh, in his filmography? This here? Dead Last for me. Dead Last? Oh, dead Last. I wouldn't consider it Dead Last. Are you saying this is worse than Death Proof? See, Death yes, Proof is the worst. Absolutely. Is oh, wow. Absolutely. And I hate Death Proof. Death Proof would be the seventh. See, I haven't seventh. seen Kill Bill 2. Uh, I would say my favorite is probably Jackie Brown. Then Reservoir Dogs and Pulp Fiction are up there. Then probably Inglorious Bastards. Then maybe Kill Bill 1. You see, my favorite Django. Your favorite Django? I was just entertained. I mean, no, it's fun. It's, it's a fun, fun movie. movie. I, I'm not. I it's, need nothing. I like to Django. think that. I mean, I I think that Except maybe I'm wrong. I think Django is not. I think Django is more offensive than this movie. Um, but I don't know. I guess I was just really uh, charmed by Christoph Waltz and uh, Leonardo DiCaprio's performances. I mean, really. I mean, those guys. I could watch them all day. Like I thought they were really, really great. No, that's yeah. You know, so that's why I like that movie. But ah. Yeah. All right, well, do we want to do recommendations? Really? Yes. Um, I'll start because I've been getting into a funk. You guys ever get into a funk where you just watch one movie, you're like, hey, that movie was pretty good, and then you start watching the same movies in the same genres kind mm-hmm. of a thing? I've been doing that this month for some reason, and uh, a movie that I stumbled upon is nothing to do with this one at all, but my recommendation is check out The Taking of Deborah Logan. Oh, I heard about that. Um, if you guys ever know what that movie is, uh, it's a it's becoming a famous picture and gif on facebook it's the scene where uh the picture and gift on facebook and gif on facebook is where this ghostly woman is eating a eating a eating a little girl that looks like a snake mm. it is a pov film and it is said to be like the best since blair witch oh wow. okay cool yeah because it deals with alzheimer's so very good movie the taking of deborah logan i just okay. recommend that one um, I'm going to go ahead and recommend Jackie Brown because I think it's a film that is often kind of overlooked in Tarantino's filmography because it's like a little a little less in your face. But for me, it's the only film of his where I don't have at least one serious problem with it. I think that film is like totally watchable from beginning to end. So yeah, I, I would I would definitely check that out if you haven't. Okay. Chad. Um, I guess I'll recommend Once Upon a Time in the West. Ah, it's a it's a fucking great western. I think uh, I watched the first twenty minutes of Jan- of of not uh, Django of um, Hateful Eight, then go watch Once Upon a Time in the West, and that's where it could have gone. And where you know, I don't know. I just it's just a really fucking great western. It and, is. So yeah. I was like High there. Noon. High Noon's great. High Noon's great. I, I don't I don't think I've actually seen it. The whole movie's in real time, which yeah. is cool. Nice. Wonderful movie. Ryan. Um. For okay. So for Christmas. I got um I got a bunch of um, Mario Bava movies on Blu-ray, and there's one that's 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 pretty violent, which this movie's pretty violent. So there's a, a tenuous connection there. It's called Bay of Blood. I don't know if you guys have ever seen it. No. You should watch it, Jordan. Oh. You would you would really like it. It's uh it's from 1971, and it's it, it is like um. A lot of the early American slasher movies, like they take a lot of inspiration from it, especially Friday the Thirteenth. Oh, goody! There are uh, there were at least two kills in this movie that I I, I remember happening in Friday the Thirteenth movies. Was it uh, was the double impalation kill? Yeah. Nice. That's yep, classic. That's one of them. And uh, yeah, it's uh, I mean it's there's not much substance to it, but it is pretty interesting to watch how the early American slashers obviously came from this movie. So, gotcha. watch Bay of Blood. Um, and my last question, and then we're going to go because we're over time, is there's a video clip that I saw on Facebook, and I wanted to ask you guys, since you guys are very, very educated on movies. There's a scene where it says the worst death, the worst death scene ever. 
It's like a 70s flick where a woman shoots a guy and he's overreacting. Has anybody seen that yet? No. Oh, I didn't know if anybody's seen The one I've seen that says worst death scene of all time is like, there's this ninja, he jumps onto a rail, throws a, uh, like a, sh- like a throwing star, no, hits the guy in the chest, and the, the guy like throws his gun up there in slow motion, looks at the camera, and like shrugs as he falls. <laughs> no, that's, no, that's not this one. Okay, never mind then. Yeah, this guy was wearing a green that shirt. That sounds but... like Miami connection. I don't know is if it, it is anyway. actually. That, yeah. Bad, but... <laughs> well, we'll be back next week for... Debates. S- debates. I'm debates. excited for... Yeah, Debates, debates. And, uh, hey, uh, last thing for the fans, we appreciate you guys uh, uh, by um, t- letting us have a few weeks off with the holidays and everything. So hope you guys enjoyed your holidays, and uh, happy late holiday and new year for everybody. So uh, this is Jordan. Uh, Chad. This is Max retroactively recommending Miami Connection. <laughs> <laughs> this is Ryan. Have a good night, guys. Bye. Bye.